0: Hi guys, it's Annika and Jude, and welcome back to another episode of The Truth of Youth.
1: We are both super excited to announce that we are having our very first special guest on the podcast this week, and we cannot wait to
0: introduce her to you guys. I just wanted to say that I had a lot of fun debating with you last episode, Annika, even if you did argue for pineapple on pizza, but I think it's a forgivable crime.
1: Yeah, I don't think we need to mention that again, because I technically was playing devil's advocate, not sure if I really agree with pineapple on pizza, But it's on the internet now, so there's no going back, so let's just move on.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so now that we've discussed Annika's crime, let's move on to what we're going to discuss this episode. This week, we're going to talk about bioethics, and we're bringing on a special guest and friend, Lizzie Yepes, who runs the Bioethics Club in school.
1: So we are going back to our three Truth of Today questions, but I will say that our three questions are structured a bit more like our great debate statements, and that they're a bit more specific. But this time, we do have an overarching theme of bioethics.
0: And as always, please DM us on Instagram or email us to let us know what you want to hear about on this podcast. With that, Annika, are you ready to go? Yeah, Jude, let's do it.
1: So before we start, Lizzie, do you want to introduce yourself?
2: Hi, guys. My name is Lizzie. I'm a sophomore in high school with Anika and Jude, and I'm really interested in science, especially biology. So I can't wait to dig into some of the ethics behind this topic.
0: We are so happy to have you, Lizzie. So let's get into our three Truth of Today questions. I can read the first one is it ethical to use animals for testing that we view as less intelligent than ourselves? If so, how is it that we put more value on certain lives or animals?
1: Okay, so this this opinion might be a little controversial, I must say. I'm going to preface with that, but I think that it is ethical to use animals for testing when it is beneficial to the greater population of humans, and that I know that a lot of people have issues with this, you know, like, treating animals like, you know, they have their own like rights, like they're sentient beings, you know, they shouldn't be mistreated like this. But I do think that a lot of animal testing for things that could actually show health benefits for the rest of the community, I do think that is ethical to use animals. Um, But I know that a lot of people have different opinions on that. So Jude or Lizzie, what do you think?
2: Okay, Um, I think it depends specifically on like, how many resources are available and stuff, you know? Like if there's another alternative you can use besides animals that isn't like harming someone then or like something, then I it would be much better rather than using animals. Um, and also, I think there should be a more um, like a very like thought out process before it reaches to the point of testing on animals just to make sure like, you know, I think that like whatever you're testing on the animal should be like mainly like it cannot cause as much harm to the animal so it's like to the point where you're already testing it it won't harm the animal.
0: I think that like there is a certain degree of like we can I totally agree with Lizzie I think that there should definitely sort of be like a lot of lead up before you get to like testing on an animal. I think that there's sort of like a you know you don't want to suddenly put it through unnecessary like pain or like suffering or bring it close to, like, death if you don't need to, or, like, if that is even going to really help the testing, but, like, I do think that, like, we are humans, so I think that it definitely does come into play, like, that we're, like, more intelligent. I do think that we do feel in a different way, but at the same time, like, I think that animals feel pain, so we do have to be, like, careful.
1: So I think that, Something we do need to talk about is this idea of what defines an animal as being sentient, you know, if they can feel pain. And then also, I think that you both brought up a good point of it being like whatever is being tested, being going through some like procedures first to make sure that it's not causing needless pain for an animal before it gets to that stage of animal testing. But I do think, I, I do wonder like, what type of thing would you be testing it on before you get to the animal? Like, what would be an equivalent thing to test it on before you get to the animal? And I think that we haven't really done enough research yet to find an equivalent to that. That's not like something that, you know, can feel pain. So I think that with time, maybe, especially with like our generation, which I think we'll talk about more later, I think that we can find a solution to that, you know, something that is an equivalent to an animal, but might not feel the
2: pain. Um, I think that Anika right. Um. I think that like, especially with developing technology, like it's much, much easier to find something like an alternative to animals, you know, maybe like technologically, like create something, um, you know, it doesn't have to be physical, but like things that like can help further, like determine whether, um, whatever it is you're testing like works. I think, um, yeah, again, like, with developing technology, like, it won't be necessary to specifically test on animals. I think also, as you get to, like, learn more about whatever it is you're developing and testing, um, it'll be, like, easier to know its effects if you have more knowledge about it. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: And so something that we also mentioned in this question is, like, how do we, like, we don't know enough about, like, the brain and the mind to know what, like, sentience really is, what pain is like for other animals what they can really understand about what's happening to them mm-hmm. and so like with the lack of knowledge that comes from that yeah how do we place like value like more or less value on the lives of these like animals that we're testing on you know like mm-hmm. how do we decide like that this animal can be tested on and it's like you know that makes it yeah. like what makes that okay
1: because I think that there has been a little bit of research done and that like some animals genuinely do not have developed nervous system to the point where they can't feel pain like there's obviously a big difference between like a squirrel and an ant in that case But obviously, some of these like animal testing things, you know, they're using like mammals, not insects like ants, because that's what works better for them. And in some cases, there isn't a way to test these things on like smaller insects that might not be able to feel the pain. So it's kind of an unfortunate situation. And what they need is the animal that might, you know, really feel pain, which is upsetting to think about that you are inflicting pain on someone. But I kind of go back to my original point of I do think that a human life should be valued over an animal's life. So I feel like um, in that case, it is helping the general population, like for the greater good. And I'm not saying that I don't value an animal's life, but I do think that humans we have more we have more advanced um, and intricate, uh, you know, emotions.
2: So I think what Annika was saying kind of goes back to um, an ethical dilemma my friend and I were talking about earlier. Um, it's like the trolley dilemma, which is you have like the option to steer a trolley from um, impacting like a group of people or like kind of like what's seen as the most significant group of people. So in this case, like humans, and then um, steering it towards a like just one person or like kind of like what has like lesser value. So in this case, animals. And I think like most people would pick the human, um, but specifically like in this case, you know, with, like testing and stuff. Um, and like Annika was saying, like, animals aren't as complex as humans Um, but I think it also comes to a point where it's like you have to see just how much how necessary it really is because you know some of the things like that are being tested like a wouldn't even work on a human so you're just ending up like killing like harmless animals Um, and just like I think that's why it needs to be more regulated the process just to make sure that you're not you know like giving all these dangerous chemicals to animals, when it really wouldn't have gone anywhere past like that stage. So I think maybe things that are like very leading and like potential, like, you know, have a lot of potential should be tested, but not things that, um, you know, like, we aren't so sure on. That's why. Yeah. Things like a- that
1: like, you feel like might not go anywhere. There's like that bit of uncertainty. Maybe you know, don't get to the animal testing stage, but things that could actually have a big impact. Like I know rodents, especially rats, are usually te- used for a lot of medical purposes. Um and like some of these like trials with these rodents could have like really long lasting beneficial impacts for people who are sick right now. So when something like that could have such a long lasting and beneficial impact on the population as a whole, I do think that it is morally ethical and justifiable to use animals like rodents and rats and things like that even if they are able to feel pain just because you know like like Lizzie just said you know we have to make the decision like we're using like we're on the trolley you know are you gonna save the greater population who have complex ideas thoughts emotions and minds or are you going to save the animals who you know might not have that and I think that inherently as a group we do value humans over animals I'm pretty sure if you walked up to somebody on the street and asked them if they valued a human life over an animal's life they would say
0: yes so yeah yeah and I think it almost I think it says a lot about like our value of lives that like it was never even a question that we would test any of these things on humans like the question isn't is it ethical to test this on animals and not humans? It's just like, we don't even include humans. Like we value ourselves so much that we're not even part of like the, would we test this on ourselves conversation? You know what I mean? Yeah,
1: we're like this, because for clinical trials and stuff like that's usually later.
0: Yeah. All
1: right. So that was a good discussion, guys. I think we can move on to our next question, which I will read. And this one,
0: to preface this, this one is like very controversial, like very like, you know, like, it obviously, like, there's, like, not that, like, it's hard to really put yourself in this situation, but it is something that we wanted to discuss.
1: Yeah, I think we had kind of, we wanted to talk about this in our last Great Debates episode, but we honestly just didn't have time, and it did kind of fit into this week's topic, so we were, you know, we were ready to use this one for this week's episode. Our statement is, is euthanasia, also known as assisted suicide, ethically or morally justified, and is the impact on both the patient and others involved justified?
2: Okay, I can start. Um, In my opinion, I don't think it's very ethical or morally justified simply because of like the effects it can have on like the physician or like the nurse who like had to, you know, like um, help the person. I understand like um, the person might be in a lot of pain and stuff, but I think like there can be other solutions to those. like, I don't know, like raising the pain meds, maybe like I know sometimes like that doesn't work. But, like, I also think that, like, to put, like, someone through that, like, like to put, like, a nurse or something or, like, a doctor through, like, the fact that they would have to, like, kill someone or, like, at least, like, you help know, them help them carry that out. Like, and it also depends on, like, their religious values and stuff. Like, I think it's just very, like, heavy to put that on someone, especially, like, you know, since, like, that could affect their conscience and stuff.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I would say look, I think that none of us have ever been in, like, okay, let's say, like, th- excluding, like, mental health stuff, I don't think any of us have really been in enough pain consistently, like, knowing that we'll never be able to stop that pain to think maybe it would be better to die, you know what I mean, like, I don't think any of us have ever really been in that mindset, I mean, you guys can disagree with me, but I, I, I've I, know. I think I know you both well enough to know that, none of us have been in that situation so but like saying I think that like even though we haven't I think if you were in enough pain to think that dying would be better than like going on living I think that like it's not bad for you to say that you want to die in like a non-painful like peaceful way and I think that if there is, like, sort of, like, a new way to set it up in either that, like, someone is prepared to help with that, and it's, like, something that they specially said, I'd be prepared to do that. You know what I mean? Like, someone who would say, like, like a, a, a physician who would say, like, mentally, I am prepared to help this person through this. Yeah. And but if I think- it was, like, a way to make that accessible to people, like, I would think it would be
1: ethical. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if you could find a physician out there who would be willing to do that because like most of what Lizzie said, you know, how can they live with themselves after knowing that they help somebody die even if that is what they wanted and a lot of times i think that we're looking at it from the perspective of like the the person who is wanting to want it to carry this out you know they're in so much pain and they just think it would easier be easier to stop this pain you know that's coming from a person who has completely lost hope you know they're like done with putting up a fight and everything and i can understand that you know like feeling very hopeless you know not wanting to continue especially when if they're dealing with a chronic or lifelong disease But then thinking about even more so than the doctor, thinking about the family of the person, the friends, things like that, how they're supposed to live with this when there is maybe a possibility of that person continuing to live. So how can the family deal with the fact that their loved one might be continuing to live but be in constant pain while, you know, they could die and, you know, hopefully be happier and in a better place so I think that it puts a lot of like strain on the family and friends as well as the doctor.
2: I think Annika made a really solid point when she said um, that like, you never, like, you know, with the families, uh, with the patient's family, like they like are faced with like the dilemma of whether like, you know, they should like um, just let their loved one, cause like, obviously they don't understand. They like aren't feeling the amount of pain the loved one is feeling. But, like, at the same time, like, obviously a part of them still, like, holds on to that hope that, like, you know, um, maybe, like, the person could, like, end up, like, not feeling as bad or, like, they could share more time with, like, whoever it is. Um, So I think that's, like, where it gets complicated as well. Mm -hmm.
1: Because, like, you don't know if, is it really worth having more time with that person if they're going to be in constant pain the entire time? And I think that it's hard as a loved one to let go of somebody, even if you know they're in pain, because you just want that remaining time with them. Because like, I can think of that from my own perspective, like thinking about letting somebody go, even if they're in a lot of pain and knowing that it might be best for them. It's like really hard, especially when, if you've known that person for a long time, being willing to let them go, even when you know it's the best thing for them, you honestly kind of think selfishly, like, okay, I would love to spend even just a little more time with them. I know they're in constant pain, but like, you know, I like, I value and I love this person so much. So then it gets really complicated because you're like, you, you want what's best for them. But at the same time, if you really love them, you know, you, you want to spend more time with them. Like that's obviously how you would feel, but I think that it does get complicated in that sense. I can really understand both sides. And I think that, you know, you can, I can understand the side of like, you know, the patient obviously wanting to be put out of their misery, but at the same time, you know, from the family, the friends, the, even the, as we mentioned, as Lizzie mentioned, the the doctor, the nurse who's, who would be asked to perform this, I think that it can be really damaging.
0: Um, I would just say that I think that there's, like, so many parts of this issue. And I think that there's so many perspectives to look from. Like, the person who's, like, in pain enough to want to die, like, the weight of, like, assisting in, like, the ending of a life from, like, a physician and, like, gaining the support of like the loved ones to help someone through that and like the loved ones sort of like allowing themselves to let go of someone that they love I think that there's so many parts that come into play I think that the real like there's something that has to be like thought about is like who is the person who like needs to be like looked at the most in that situation like I think we really need to think about like who has who is in this like worst situation. You know what I'm saying? Like who?
1: Yeah. Who should we be paying more attention to, you know? Should we be taking the, should we be looking at the desires of the one who is in the most pain so that, and obviously in this case it would be the patient or should we be looking out for their loved ones? And obviously like when you're looking at it from a distance I would obviously say the patient, but then you get into, you know, like this isn't really like, you know, if, if it's possible for them to survive, maybe be in pain you know, how can you allow somebody to die? So obviously it gets really complicated. Okay.
2: I think also a big part of it is the, again, like the role of like the doctor in this. Um, Doctors like are kind of, you know, like their whole thing is like to heal people, like, you know, like take care of them, treat them, like try to get them to like be healthy again. Um, And I think putting a doctor through exactly the opposite of what their job entails is also not very like, right in general um I think doctors literally get trained to save lives not to take lives and like regardless of how much pain a person is in I don't think a doctor would ever be prepared to do exactly the opposite of what they're yeah
1: like they took an oath you know to save lives and then to
0: do no harm
2: yeah
1: and like they went through years and years of training uh presumably to get to the point where they can be like professional enough to save lives, which is such like, you know, an amazing job to have to being told to do the opposite, even when it is in the best interest of their patient can be difficult. So, yeah, I think that's a really good point to bring up, like doing the opposite of what you've been told and trained to do for your most of your life, because, you know, we all know the amount of school it takes to be a medical professional, you know, it's a long time. So that that that's a good point.
0: Yeah. And I think that like something that I'm thinking about now is just that like, I think that there's different answers from different perspectives. Like, I don't think that there's not a one, you can't make, like, you can't consolidate this whole issue into like one answer. Like from the perspective of a person in pain, yes, physician assisted death is going to seem like a very ethical thing from the, from the perspective of a doctor, who's going to have that sort of like weight on their soul especially when it's, like, probably not what they became a doctor to do. Like, it's not going to be the same thing. Like, it's going to yeah. be probably no. So, yeah, I think that that really does, like, sum it up. So, that this brings us to our third and final question, which is sort of, like, ties into a few different things. But there are currently trials to do xenoplon transplants with genetically engineered pig kidneys for humans. And is this idea of, like, taking one life for another life, even if it's a pig, ethical? I would say that like, you know, I think there is an idea of like a life for another life in our society today, like organ donors, like, you know, you put it on your driver's license if you're an organ donor or not. Like we know if someone is brain dead nowadays, like if they're gonna wake up from whatever they have and like there is science to say that they, their brain is not functioning in a way that's going to allow them to ever be conscious, like in any way ever again effectively so I would say that like that's like a life for a life like you're going to take away their organs and there is sort of like a a element of it which is them saying I would rather like do something give away my organs than spend like the rest of my like you know like physical like bodily being able to continue living life hooked up on life support Mm -hmm. yeah
1: yeah I mean in in that in that scenario, yes, I understand that for sure. And like, in my opinion, yeah, it's like such a selfless act. But then I know the families of a lot of individuals on this, a lot of these questions tie back to the surrounding individuals, like they, they have a t- tough time letting go, even if a doctor says there's very minimal or little chance of them ever, you know, waking up, if, whether it's a coma, they're brain dead. I think that, by giving organs away, that's like, you really are saying goodbye for the final time. And I think that that can be really difficult. I know that families might struggle with that a lot. And then, you know, when you are given their organs away and stuff like that, it's, it can be difficult to have like a funeral if you want to have them in a casket or anything like that, you know, things like that become more complicated. So like traditional ways of like honoring the dead um become much more difficult in that sense. So I can understand why for the families that might be kind of taxing even though you would initially think like oh yeah that's such a selfless thing to do
2: I think kind of relating to Anika's saying um there's always like that hope that like you know even someone who is um on life support or like the past one someone with a terminal illness like you've just heard like all these you know some of these stories that like people have like you know recovered or like woken up from like being in a coma and stuff like that. So I think even if like it doesn't seem too bright for a person, the family might always just cling on to that hope, just because it gives them like something to like hold on to about like you know. And I think um that also plays into it, like it plays like a really heavy part of, of it. Um and also I think like with someone on life support, especially like since they're in the hospital, taking their organs post-mortem would be much simpler than, you know, like taking the organs of someone who died like outside of the hospital, like who wasn't on life support. So I think um, even just like not taking their organs while they're still on life support and just like waiting a little until Mm -hmm. if they die, um, I think that would be a better solution than just taking them because then like, you know, you're not like decreasing the chances of that person ever waking up
0: one thing i will say is a lot of the time when someone ends up being on life support like the way that their body is like functioning at that point will often lead to like organ failure which is why a lot of the time when you're on life support it's like why you would if you're taken off of it like you would die so like life support can only do so much like your organs do start to Mm -hmm. like not function as well and like, that sort of, like, your body, like, basically starts to, like, degenerate, I don't know if that's a good word to describe it, but, like, your, like, your body basically stops working after a while, so, like, the reason that they do take organs from people who have, like, recently been put on life support and, like, don't have brain activity and stuff like that is because those organs are really the only feasible way to get, like, transplants, which is, like, just, like, yeah, and so actually something that I wanted to bring up was that um so like when you say you're an organ donor like you're voluntarily saying I'll give away my organs in these like xenotransplants there's no real way to for an animal to sign a consent form or put something in like their you know whatever Mm -hmm. to say oh I want to I want to do this so like do you think that in terms of like them basically giving their life to maybe save a human life is ethical I
1: think that that ties back to our first question of you know do we value an animal life over human life and for me personally that answer will always be yes so in this case I do think that it's completely ethical to you know unfortunately kill a pig in order to save a human life and then just back to like a point that you had made earlier, Jude I think maybe it was Lizzie about you know time is definitely of the essence in these types of scenarios especially if somebody's on a transplant list and like they need you know a donor that's the correct match for them so. Things like that, like, I think, Lizzie, you had mentioned, you know, kind of waiting a little bit. And in, like, in theory, that would be such, like, that would be the correct thing to do. But when time is of the essence, I feel like it can be really difficult to do that. And you're trying to get things done quickly without rushing the family too much. So if things were in a much, like, relaxed, slower pace environment, that could be really great. But unfortunately, you know, like, that's just not a reality at the moment.
0: But in theory, it could be great. Um, Like, there is, like, a rule about, like, because after a person dies, tissue dies very quickly I was doing some research into transplants because of this tissue dies very quickly post-mortem so like that's my
2: point if you're already in the hospital then it's easier for them to just take your organs
0: but Mm -hmm. like if but the whole point is is like if you're on you can't just like let them slow like if you're on life support sometimes like that would basically just be waiting for that like heart to stop
2: if organ failure occurred you can just take the organs that didn't get affected by that I think it's just like a little too much to it, go- it would sometimes be
0: sometimes organ yeah. failure causes like other organs to fail though. It, it would have to be a very very quick decision. I would say like yes, it would be really nice to wait until someone is dead to like take their organs and give them away. Scientifically, like that doesn't always work. Like there is sort of like a tissue dies once a person dies organs fail when someone is on life support because they're damaged or because the body isn't functioning properly so really like in terms of like the how ethical it is to just take someone's life support once they've either been like determined to be dead or something like that I think you know it's like I think that obviously like probably like surgeons know a lot more about it but like from the research I've done like it's just like a time is of the essence you want like the healthiest organs to give away to save someone else's life even if that means ending the life of a brain dead person so that is like really just like the the whole idea of like that sort of like giving transplants but outside of that like i think that that whole giving a life for a life is like often like a very selfless thing and and it also when you're talking about like these xenotransplants it goes back to our first question which is yes we're going to value the human life over the animal life so Yes, like these xenotransplants, these genetically engineered kidneys that will probably like kill the pig once they're taken away are ethically ethical to like make because it's being given to a human who's like life we basically value more.
1: Yeah, so I think that we definitely would value the animal over the pig and in the case of somebody being brain dead and you know, when there's very little hope for their future, I would personally say it is ethical if the family obviously agrees and if they do believe that this is okay to, you know, harvest their organ, take them off life support in order to save another human. So even though, you know, you might be taking away that hope that the person might by some, you know, crazy circumstance be okay, which is obviously very unlikely because we do have the technology now to be able to sort of, you know, make a pretty good assumption if they're going to, you know, wake up from whatever state they're in. I do think that it is ethical to do that when you, when you would be saving the life of somebody else.
0: Yeah, okay. Um, I think that that is like a good place to end on our three truth of today questions. Um, Thank you so much for coming on, Lizzie. It was really great to have you. Um, yeah,
1: obviously this is our first time having a guest on this podcast and we'll definitely be having more in the future. And I know we say this every time, but be sure to DM us on Instagram or email us if you want to be featured in the future because we would love to have a bunch of different perspectives on here. It was really great to have somebody other than just me and Jude for a change. Um, But yeah, definitely stay tuned. We have obviously more episodes planned. Uh, Check out our Instagram, obviously. We will be posting some things on there very shortly. Um, So yeah, thank you guys so much
0: for listening. We had a lot of fun talking today. All right. Thank you so much for listening, guys. Bye.